I think this is uh, extremely important and uh, I'm happy that we are actually opening with this because we are talking about mostly software development mm -hmm. and uh, this correlates with technical interviews. But if the candidate is like, and I will not say like almost in a positive, uh, always in a positive mood and always smiling, but rather acting inadequate yeah. or mm -hmm. just being uh, straight grumpy, like mm -hmm. playing grumpy. Uh, this is actually this actually communicates a lot to us, the interviewer in interviewers, and it's uh, I think it's not a good strategy if you are hunting for a job and just going to interviews because the interviews are extremely important and sometimes even more important than your your technical skills and technical knowledge. Hello everyone and welcome back to Hackcast. This is uh, episode two and we are here again at our studio at Hacksoft's office with few improvements from last episode. Ivo, what are the improvements? We have new cameras yep. that are bigger. Uh, they're black and they're all the same, which should be important for our video quality. Yeah, so we have we have new cameras and we also have an improvement to our uh, Hackcast uh, logo here on the wall. It should not reflect as much light as the previous episode, so we'll see. And I'm also with uh, a laptop in front of me because I couldn't read from my phone last episode. And right now I have a nice zoomed screen with the talking points, so uh, I think it, this is this is going to be better. Uh, this is episode two, season two. Last episode we were talking about hiring, and this episode we're going to talk about more hiring even more hiring even more hiring so yeah let's let's jump right to it uh last episode uh season two episode one we discussed our process and how we approach hiring 2021 2022 and now uh we want to dedicate some more time in order to answer some very uh, important questions like what are we looking for when interviewing candidates and when making decisions and can we actually share some general tips and tricks that are applicable for Hacksoft, but I believe they're going to be applicable for other companies too, if someone is looking for a job change or to start his career in the industry. So yeah, what are the, what are the traits that we are looking for when interviewing? Let's start with your take. So the top one thing that I'm looking for is, I'm looking for a nice and positive person. I'm looking okay. for someone that is like, smiling on the interview has this positive vibe of, a, of just a nice person which is pretty hard actually to find <laughs> nowadays uh so, so so there are a couple of like really important rules here always be in a mood when you're going on an interview if you're just not get, didn't have enough sleep or something yep. you better like postpone it for another day or something just to be sure that you're in the best possible mood for the um interview uh be in a nice and quiet place otherwise it's pretty hard especially for like a remote interview for yeah, yeah, for yeah, a zoom yeah. call or something to to feel the vibe of the person if he's like let's say uh in a pub or in a coffee or, or on s s somewhere else yeah um set up a good lights i mean uh if you want the interviewer to see you well, definitely don't uh, be in a dark place where you can where, where the camera cannot capture you and uh, no, no one can actually see you so the vibe in the interview, the uh, person uh, that I'm looking for needs definitely to be nice and positive. Is this something that you're looking for too? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think this is uh, extremely important and uh, I'm happy that we are actually opening with this because we are talking about mostly software development mm -hmm. and uh, this correlates with technical interviews. But if the candidate is like, 
and I will not say like almost in a positive, uh, always in a positive mood and always smiling, but rather acting inadequate yeah. or mm-hmm. just being uh, straight grumpy, like mm-hmm. playing grumpy. Uh, this is actually this actually communicates a lot to us, the interviewer, in- interviewers, and it's uh, I think it's not a good strategy if you are hunting for a job and just going to interviews because the interviews are extremely important and sometimes even more important than your your technical skills and technical knowledge. And if you are not adequate, which means you have no idea why are you applying for a job. You have no idea what the company is doing or that you have actually applied for this company because oftentimes people just apply to like 15 jobs and then it's really hard to remember when someone calls you, uh, I'm from Hacksoft. Hack what? Oh, yes, (laughs) yes, I applied. Okay, yeah, 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 I have time. I have 15 minutes. Uh, So for me, adequacy comes first. Because sometimes it's, it's just really hard to be in like a positive mood if, for example, things are like not going well in your personal life or mm-hmm. you, you just have other other uh, things to, to think about. Uh, but if you are adequate and if you communicate, for example, you say have a, have a good rest. If you haven't slept well and there is an important interview, just like say it, mm-hmm. you know, just, just to be sure I haven't slept well. I'll try my best, like best effort, but... If you if you're wondering why I'm grumpy, it's just because I I, I haven't uh, slept well. So for me, adequacy comes first, and then the positive attitude and vibe that a given candidate is actually expressing. Mm-hmm. And again, this is this is something that sometimes candidates they don't think about it, but whenever someone, for example, comes to an in-person interview or in front of a camera and it's like like that. Like not, really not not into it. This this communicates, and uh, we are not getting a good sense of of the soul co- of the soul cold vibe check. Yeah, yeah. When you say adequacy, what do you mean? Because it's basically a pretty big word. It can mean a lot of things, and obviously everyone is looking for adequate people. Yeah. But how do you determine this adequacy? How do you check for if if the person is adequate? Okay. So I'll start with I'll start with a, with an example. Uh, last episode, we discussed that we are doing phone screenings and that the phone screenings are actually a good idea. And the question that I always open up the, the, the phone screening with is, why are you applying for this position? All right. And you know, this is this is a meme question. Of course it is, yeah. <laughs> it's a meme question <laughs> because, I need, money. <laughs> because I need money. And it it's funny when you post this on social media and we can have a good laugh about, about this and about, about this meme but it's not funny when you answer it like this. Yeah. And for me, this signals inadequacy. Why, why are you applying for, for this position is a meme question, but is also, it's also a serious question. And sometimes the answer is, well, because I'm looking for a job. Mm-hmm. And this is a good answer if you add additional context to it. And being adequate is, uh, for me, is adding this additional context like, I have just finished my studies and I have uh, determined that it's time for me to look for a job. And right now I am actively applying for different positions. And this is why I applied to your company. And perhaps if you can add even more context, I am applying for your company for this specific position because my skills are on the front end. I'm, I'm pretty confident with React. And uh, I just want to start working. I just want to start gaining experience. And this is actually an adequate answer 
to I need to find a job. And if someone answers with, I just need money, <laughs> like, why, why are you asking me this? Then I will most probably ask the same question again in different shape or form, three, three, or three to four more times. Mm -hmm. And if there is no answer or no context given, then for me, this is a big uh, red flag. Or probably the person is hiding something. Or probably the person is hiding something. Then after this question, uh, usually we, we talk about, so on the phone screening, uh, we, we start with why are you applying? Then we talk about previous work experience. Mm -hmm. And sometimes uh, I, I, ask, I ask the candidate the question, why do you want to change your jobs? You're currently working somewhere. And since we are right now in conducting this interview, you are looking for, for something else. And uh, I ask an honest question. What, why are you changing? Why, why do you want to change jobs? Are you just exploring? Do you want a pay raise? Do you want to uh, work with different set of technologies? And I try to understand some of the motivation behind uh, why we are at this point conducting this particular interview. And sometimes something really interesting happens when, when, when the candidate says, well, I have a conflict with my manager or I'm not uh, feeling like uh, really good uh, fitting in this particular company. And I usually follow up with, have you discussed this with someone at your current job? And again, adequacy is being able to answer both yes and no and also provide additional context. Mm -hmm. Because if you say yes, and you know, there's not going to be a change at my current place so that's why i'm looking for another place then great great but if, if someone says no and cannot give context this is this is also okay because sometimes you need to like become aware that there is a problem and that's why you start looking for different jobs but if you haven't uh, raised that problem at your current place then for every new uh, employer i think this signals that this particular pattern and behavior can replicate here too. Yeah. And at least for us, we, uh, we try to uh, like avoid this or try to help the candidate at the very beginning, at the phone interview, understand why they want to change places. Yeah, that makes sense. Can we even search for adequacy in the uh, CV level? Like the first, the first touch that we have in the candidate? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So CVs, uh, you know, there, there are different opinions about CVs. Like there are people that like shiny, beautiful mm -hmm. CVs with different layouts inside of it, charts, graphs, and st stuff like this. What I'm looking for in a CV is just information. All right. And if this information is like laid out and structured like a text, readable text, then this is more than enough for me. So like a plain word document with formatting, not just dump some text there with <laughs> right. various format, with like formatting, consistent formatting is enough for me. And uh, whenever I see inconsistent formatting or a CV that's sent like a docx, mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> those are very, very small details and nuances that are important. You want to send it as a PDF, most probably. You want to have a lot of information that's uh, important for the for the employer, like your past work experience relevant to the position that you're applying. Mm -hmm. This is it for me. Mm -hmm. What about you? Well, 
I'm definitely looking for a, a picture. For uh, okay, okay, because I'm pretty terrible with names, and pictures definitely help me memorize the candidate. Mm -hmm. uh, again, uh, nice and uh, uh, positive pictures. Nothing that yeah. you just uh, have, you know, somewhere laying around. You you better take a picture for this CV and yeah. spend some time doing it. Yeah. Uh, Especially for candidates without any previous experience. That's pretty common. Yeah. Uh, uh, something important for me is to uh, see something that they have worked on. I mean, yeah. even if you don't have any work experience, you can always uh, create a hobby project, try to write some code yeah. in this particular language. So we can have a conversation starter. We can have yeah. something like, hey, I saw you are doing, let's say, a small game or a small program for uh, selling tickets in the cinema, something like a uh, university task or something like yeah. that. Just just send some code to uh, have a conversation starter yeah. to, to, to show that you're interested in this technology or in this uh, you know, profession. Uh, and I think this is almost everything about the CVs. They don't really need to be like extremely well-looking, like custom designs, Not at all. spend money no. on templates or something. They no. just need to be well-formatted with a picture. and With consistent formatting. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because this, this, like, if you receive a CV with inconsistent formatting, the chances of actually dismissing the candidate right there are pretty high. I agree. I agree mostly because people that are looking at these CVs, they are constantly working with text and yeah. it's terrible for someone that is like day-to-day -day working with text to deal with unformatted text. Yeah. It may seem really like uh, not important for a candidate because it's just a text, you know, you're going to read it either ways. But if it is badly formatted, then it's really hard for the one trying to to read it. Yeah, yeah. So, and also send PDFs. And the PDFs rest. are a must, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I agree with it. Uh, there, like there, there are nuances that can greatly. So let's let's just give a few tips and tricks for CVs, right. uh, at least from our experience. There are uh, a couple of nuances that can greatly improve uh, your chances of uh, getting an interview, especially at our companies because we always call people, like we always do phone screenings. Uh, so you will get a call from us, but for our companies, they might just ghost you, like mm -hmm. no answer, nothing. Mm -hmm. So I really like when someone self-evaluates in their CV, like I am straight out of uni, university, and here are the projects that I have worked on, but I have no real actual work experience. And I, I love this because it is a conversation starter. It shows that this person has done something, but it sets the expectations uh, in the right place because I will ask about motivation and interests and we'll talk about perhaps an entry-level position. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. self or, or I have some experience, but my experience is I feel it's not great, which is great for me because then I will try to evaluate what not great means for this particular mm -hmm, candidate. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking to change uh, to change my uh, job because I want to get better. All right. So self-evaluation for me is like a small nuance, but it really helps. And the other thing is you mentioned picture. For me, one step above picture is if you can send a video. All right. What do you think? How, how would you react if you receive a, a video alongside the CV? Well, I would definitely watch it. Mm. Uh, it would definitely help me feel, feel the vibe before even doing a phone screening. And yeah, it is, it, it, it is great. I mean, I don't think we, we ever received a video or did we? I, I don't think know. One, uh, once. Okay. Once. But 
I'm just thinking that this will stand out. Mm -hmm. And with, with the small caveat, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing this word uh, correctly, but the same way you want to have consistent formatting uh, for your text, mm -hmm. you don't want to send a crappy uh, video uh, to your potential future employer. I agree. When you're talking about self-evaluation, what do you mm. think about these like modern templates now that send their, let's say, my Python knowledge is three stars out of five or five stars out of five, and I know uh, HTML like three stars out of two, something like that. What do you think about this? Uh, nothing, nothing positive. I actually ignore it. Okay. Because it's just random. Okay. Okay. This is not, it's not, it's, it's rather if you self-evaluate on the scale of one to 10, then this does not uh, really, it shows nothing. I'd rather want to see self-evaluation with text on how you perceive yourself. I absolutely agree with this. Yeah. Every time I see Python skill 10 out of 10 and I'm like, oh, come here, come here. Let me check that. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I think it's it's a it's a gimmick. It's it looks good, but uh, personally, I just ignore this. I'm, if I see charts on mm -hmm. CV, I just ignore. I, I scroll for for uh, past positions. Like mm -hmm. this is extremely important. Like in in our industry, I think one of the hardest things to do is to actually get get your first job. Mm -hmm. And getting your first job then suddenly opens up quite a lot of possibilities because you will be able to put previous experience on your CV and most of us employers are looking for previous experience. Mm -hmm. This is extremely important. So yeah, it is, this, yeah. Is, this is what I'm looking for. What about the order of the CV? A lot of people start with like the most important things on top that are relevant for this position. Yep. And some people start with the generic things like which uh, high school I graduated and do I have a driving license? <sighs> Again, same thing. If you start with the most relevant and important information first, then great, because I don't mm -hmm. have to scroll. Mm -hmm. If I scroll and see some uh, academic uh, whatever, whatever in uh, whatever in Bulgaria, for example, Pazarjik uh, city, I, I just don't care. Mm -hmm. You just don't care what what high school you have uh, you have graduated. Same thing for university, most of the times. Uh, so I have like we all have biases. Uh, my personal bias is uh, uh, the Faculty of Mathematics and Informatics. But most of the time, I don't care. I care mm -hmm. about relevant experience. Mm -hmm. What's your relevant experience? Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah, important important things for this job at the top, and then all the other things that you just want to have there. Yeah, because most of the CVs are kind of the same, like you've studied at either Telerik or uh, Softuni mm -hmm. or Technical University or Soft University mm -hmm. and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. All right. So that's that's about CVs. And let's talk about expectations. Uh, that's another question that I love asking during the phone screening, the technical interview and the follow-up interviews after this. And the question is usually, what are your expectations of uh, this particular job that you are applying for. Mm -hmm. What what do you expect to happen differently from what's currently happening at your, at your at your job? And generally speaking, what are your expectations? And that's why I ask this question quite a lot because sometimes people don't know. And if you make them think about it, uh, it may actually help you uh, present yourself uh, to and actually find a better match as an employer if if you have a, a match on expectations mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
I would say that this should be hard for people without any previous experience. Yeah. And there are a lot of questions on the interview that are not like true or false questions. There is no uh, a right or a wrong answer. So yeah. on these type of questions, you can just think out loudly. Exactly. You can just say, I don't know, but uh, in my previous work, I was doing this and this, so I expect to do almost the same, but the different pieces, in my opinion, should be this, this, and that. So exactly. just don't, on this kind of question, just don't answer, I don't know. Uh, you may not really have a, a opinion or or uh, like anything on the table, but uh, just I, think I, out I don't know. It's actually a valid answer, but again, add some context. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. Of if course. if you have no previous work experience, you can say like I don't know, but I, I just want to start working. I want to gain experience. I want to see what I'm capable of, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. is actually a good answer. Uh, we uh, we had one of one of the folks that we hired uh, gave a really good answer. Like I want to work in a team. I am working alone and there's there are like no options of not working alone at this particular place and I was like great that's that's a great match because we are working in teams you you you're not going to work alone here at Hacksoft because we are optimizing for teams and this was a great match and so far it's been a great match with with that person that we hired so expectations are important and it's something that candidates should ask first themselves but if they don't do it then expect to be asked this particular question and don't just don't give a like ah who cares answer <laughs> yeah yeah all right let's should we, should we jump to the technical yeah, thing let's uh, let's jump to the technical thing okay what we normally do is uh sending uh uh a task yeah so take away problem mm -hmm, mm -hmm, that you have like a week or two to to solve it and first thing that's really important is if you don't understand something in the assignment just send back a question on the email no, just yeah. it is part of our job when you don't understand what needs to be done just ask questions and sometimes there's even part of the task ask the right questions in order to get the right information yeah. we are trying to be as, as clean as explicit as possible yeah. but sometimes the assignment uh maybe cleaner yeah of course uh so asking back questions is actually a good thing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i'm uh, doing some of the technical interviews especially yeah. when it comes to uh, python and django and the code that you sent first advice spend enough time on it don't don't try to do it like in two hours and then send it, send it back as early as possible yeah. uh, it is definitely okay to send it in the last possible moment yeah uh spend some time thinking it Try to improve it. Don't send the first draft that you that you that you made, because this is going to be the conversation starter. Yep. This is going to be something that I'm probably going to share my screen and start asking you questions on top of this code. And if the code is not your best, then it's fine. But you need to be able to to uh, explain it, to speak about how you can uh, improve it, and ensure that you deeply understand the things that you that you did. Very important, and I want to touch a little bit uh, on this. It's it's like it's not about sense uh, like the perfect code because this is there is no definition about this. Impossible. Yeah, it's impossible. But rather, do your best effort to put the code in a place where you feel comfortable with. And if you don't know where this place is, because this usually comes from experience, at least do two more iterations after you're done. Just look at things, just see how you feel about the code and just make sure it's not, you haven't left your hands in yeah. there, as we <laughs> say in, in Bulgaria. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, if you're using some kind of a abstraction, let's say a package you installed or some part of the framework that contains some deeper abstraction, some, mm -hmm. some magic that is happening below, ensure that you understand it because you're, you're yes. most probably going to get asked for this. Yes. And if you just spend like a couple hours reading about, even, even reminding what you already know about this piece of abstraction, it is definitely going to be a huge plus for you. Yes, very, very, that's, that's extremely important. Expect to be asked to explain whatever you have in your code. Yes. If you put something that's not very clear to you, just like expect to answer. It's not very, I know what's doing, what this is doing. I know why I'm using it, but it's not very clear to me on implementation, mm -hmm. uh, how, how it's implemented. And this is actually a good answer but rather why are you using this and the answer is i copy pasted it from stack overflow mm -hmm. is not a good answer it is not it is not yeah and we are looking uh, on on the, especially on the technical interviews we are looking for not only surface level understanding let's say python and django surface level understanding is why are you what's what's django about and uh, for example basic concepts of uh, the object relational uh, mapper the mm -hmm. rm the mm -hmm. models views and uh, stuff like this. This is surface level. Mm -hmm. But at least what we are looking for is a somewhat deeper understanding of why and how beneath the surface. And this is extremely important because you may be using models, but if you don't know that what those models are representing or don't know some underlying relational uh, database things, mm -hmm. then uh, at least for me, this is not a good signal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm often asking something like, try to explain this. Imagine that I don't know anything that's about really programming. Good. That's really good. Imagine that I'm like uh, a first grade student. Try to explain what is this code doing or what is this abstraction that you're using doing. And I think that's pretty hard for, for most people. So it should be a great exercise to try to explain the things that yes. you're... A lot of people are day-to-day -day using things like, let's say, serializers. Yeah. And yeah, they, they can use them in production code. They can modify them. They can do everything with them. But if I ask to just explain to me how, how this is working and why, why is this here, they found it really, really hard. Yeah. And it's like a version of this question is, for example, let's imagine this particular piece of abstraction uh, does not exist in the framework. How are you going to approach it? Mm -hmm. Are there other ways to do it? Mm -hmm. And this is like a, uh, like an iteration of, do you understand this, but on a deeper level, like answer the why, or at least know some of the why, because we, we can't expect everybody to be uh, completely familiar with the Django code base and abstractions, but at least know some reasoning about it. Mm -hmm. It's pretty important when it comes to uh, big piles of abstractions, such as the Django that yep. uh, you know not only how to use it but how it works and what are you going to do if we if we don't have it? Yep. This is especially with for with people with a PHP background. It's pretty uh, like common for them to to know how things work because yep. they're used to not using them. Yeah. Back in the days where we don't have such abstractions yep. and these these abstractions are really nice to to have them in place, but you definitely need to know how to, how, how things are working under the hood. Uh, another, yeah. I think, pretty important tip for me is when you're being asked something and you don't know the answer. Mm, I mean, mm, especially mm. with technical questions, it is mo mostly Boolean. It's like true or false. Is this working this way or this way? You can try to guess. You can try to think out loudly. Mm. But what I'm seeing is probably like a popular advice in the books. I don't know. When you don't, people, 
what people are doing is they just start talking about different things yeah, when, yeah, when yeah. they're being asked <laughs> questions. And this is extremely annoying to me. Yeah, yeah. Every time I ask a question and the person just... Changes, jumps to something else and yeah, start explaining yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Let's put it like, uh, tell me how this like uh, ORM in Django is, is working. And the person is, I don't know about the ORM, but the uh, HTML tags are working in such and such yeah, way. Yeah. Nothing in common, man. Just just yeah, go yeah. straight to the answer or or tell me that you don't know it or try to think out loud. I yeah. mean, this is this is another nice approach, but but never just start talking some random stuff. Yeah, I've, I've seen this, especially when we were doing front-end interviews. Uh, because like, I suppose there are things are more vague there, but like you're ans- a- a- asking something specific, then the answer is something completely different. And yeah, this is also not a good signal. And again, it's about thinking and it's about, uh, for me, for me, it's about best effort. It's about saying, I'm not really sure this is what I've read and this is what I think it is actually uh, happening here because this this opens up the the possibility for a conversation because we can ask follow-up questions we can guide the candidates with examples to a place where to to the answer and this is uh, this is an extremely important skill to have if you are going to be a software developer because we don't know things like out of thin air we mm-hmm. just we we know we can navigate we know we can reason about and we, and we know that we have the problem solving skills the rest of it, it's documentation, it's pattern matching, it's reusing existing components, but you need to be able to reason about your code, think about your code, express, um, how to say, uh, arguments and ideas that might not be the case or truth mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and be, be, be able or be willing to test them. So I think this is, this is what's important about the technical interview for me. You said being able to navigate. Do you share your screen when doing an interview looking at the code or you ask the candidate? To I share always screen? ask the candidate to share. Okay. And if you're talking about a particular abstraction, let's say a function in Django that uh, is, is being used, uh, do you ask the people to jump into yes. the definition? Yes. Okay. And what if they don't have like jump to definition in there? I ask setup? them, how are you going to solve this? Okay. Okay. This this is really important. In order to, to get below under the hood and mm-hmm. understand abstractions, you need to be able to jump there and see the code. Yeah. It's pretty often on the interviews where the uh, uh, candidate is doesn't really know the implementation, but yeah. during the interview, just press a button, jump into the code, see what, it, what's yeah. being done there and try to try to figure it out loudly. This, this, this definitely, or this is okay for me. Yeah, and if, if you, of course, right, right on the spot, if you don't have go-to definition and you don't want to set it up, uh, you can, I ask the question, so how are we going to solve this? Mm-hmm. One answer is, I'll just look at what I need and install the right plugin, depending on the editor. The other answer is, I usually push them towards, uh, let's open GitHub. Okay. It's an open source, so mm-hmm. let's navigate GitHub. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is, and that's why I, I always ask uh, the candidates to share their screen rather than me sharing uh, mm-hmm. my screen with my setup, mm-hmm. uh, because this also reveals patterns and habits uh, that are going to be translated after this into work patterns and work habits. And if, for example, this particular candidate is an extremely good fit, especially a culture fit and I see some bad habits and patterns, then I know those habits and patterns are going to be the f- very first thing that we're going to work on once this candidate starts working with us. Mm-hmm. Anything else on the technical side? Well, What's the time? Oh, all right. I think, we're, I, think we can, I think we're pretty good and we can wrap with if we have something else on the technical side and then talk a little bit about culture fit and then 
Do well, an overview. My technical checklist is empty right now. All I right. Mean, I think we talked for, for almost everything that I think of. Yeah. And yeah, before we do the final wrap and summary, uh, let's talk about culture fit. Because this is something that we started looking at recently mm -hmm. and interview for recently, which basically is uh, the question whether this candidate is going to fit within the company, feel well within the company and match our values. Yes. It's extremely important because every time that we hired before without checking for culture fit, we ended up uh, parting ways with the candidate mm -hmm. because of culture fit, mm -hmm. because of culture fit. So some of the questions that we ask might be in that direction. And the thing that we discussed about, for, for example, for me, for adequacy and being able to uh, give your best effort and think out loud and navigate the problem and reason about it and answer honestly uh, non-technical questions are part of the culture fit that we are looking for. And sometimes in order to be sure, because you cannot be 100% sure, you need to do more interviews and you need to perhaps be in the same room with that person mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to see how this person behaves. About you? Well, I think that for me, it's definitely the most uh, uh, hard part in the whole interview process because yeah. technical interviews for me, they're, they're kind of easy. Yeah. I'm like day to day doing development job. It's pretty, it is the easiest part for me. And you can catch them lying in a technical interview yes. pretty easily. Yes, yes, yes. But asking the right questions in order to uh, check for a culture fit mm. is the hardest thing for me. That, that's why probably I need like three or four interviews with the candidate in order to double and triple check my, yeah. my opinion on that. So, and it is, I think it's even more important than the technical interview because technical things we can teach you, we can, yes. we can uh, work on that, but with better attitude and with things that we just don't value the same things, yeah. uh, it, is, it is not going to happen. So, so we definitely do present our company company values in the yes. in the interviews, and we uh, try to speak with the candidates about them. And we are more than happy to answer questions about the company if the candidates have some. Mm -hmm. And this is also a good thing if they are asking you questions because the questions that they ask you may uh, give you some idea about what they are looking for and what they are valuing in a, in, a, in a particular company. Mm -hmm. And for me, like there are two general cases. Uh, the first case is when we are hiring someone with previous experience then culture fit is something that we will most probably look more into because this person is coming from another company. Yeah. And then we, when we're hiring someone with very little or no experience, and if this person is willing to just come inside the company, join join Hacksoft and be be willing to uh, fit whatever, it, whatever this means, then the culture fit is like being developed over time and they, they may not have the right culture fit, but if they are willing to just join and learn and be better, then we will make sure that they will fit. So those are my two general cases about culture fit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people are just not asking any questions. They feel yeah. like being on an exam. You know, yeah. they feel like that the questions need to be only one direction. Only, only we are asking questions. Yeah. And you're definitely not helping yourself that way. Yes, it's not an exam. Mm -hmm. It's really, it's not an exam. You need to, you need to be asking questions. Or if you really don't know what to ask, ask what should I be asking? That's a valid question. <laughs> what should I be asking? I really don't know. Give your again for me. It's it's best effort, best effort activity. I really don't know. I have no experience. I like the vibe of your company. What should I be asking? 
and then this will help me give some direction to that to this to this mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's I think that's 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 the culture fit. And the final decision that we make, uh, I think, is based on good enough technical knowledge because we can train this. We're good at this, and really good culture fit. Like those are the final two things that we take into consideration. Uh, before making an offer and we might have even made an offer earlier in the process just to get out the financial part out, out of the way mm -hmm. because this is also important. Mm -hmm. But then again, it's culture fit and it's beyond surface level knowledge and willingness to, to, to learn. And for me, again, I will say it's best effort. It, you don't necessarily need to be like really 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 good and knowledgeable and all of this but rather you you need to be willing to give your best effort mm -hmm. in order to develop further yep try your best yeah and i think that's it uh are we going to make a summary like i have four points go go all right so spend some time with your cv but don't overdo it mm -hmm. consistent formatting mm -hmm. Be adequate and have a positive attitude, at least for me, and uh, Evil touched more, more on the positive attitude and yeah. the vibe, it's, which is important. If you don't know something, say that you don't know it, which is important. It's a valid answer, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Or try to think out lightly, loudly yeah. about this problem. Yeah, best effort applies here. And if you know something partially, uh, say that you know it partially and explain your thinking and explain your reasoning like it's extremely important it's not an exam it's rather a conversation to see if we're going to have a match absolutely let's round it up yeah that's it for me do you have anything else to to say nope nothing all right so this was uh hackcast season two episode two more hiring uh, we will be more than happy if you have feedback and if you have like additional questions, we we might record another episode or we might just do a live stream. Who knows? We have all the all the tools, all the needed equipment, <laughs> all the needed equipment to answer and uh, like expand more on this topic. And yeah, that's it. Thank you very much.